0: will die
1: Well it is good morning this time. Uh, welcome uh, back. Um, on behalf of uh, the local body, I'd like to welcome you this morning to the time of worship. A um, few announcements. As you probably knew this morning, we didn't have Sunday school, so we won't have Sunday school next Sunday as well. Uh, likewise, no evening activities tonight and no Wednesday activities uh, this coming, coming week. Next Sunday, after service, we are also having time of fellowship and sending off of Pastor Ernie as he steps into that next season of life. Uh, so please uh, jot it down, make a note. Uh, next Sunday, we'll be having, you know, light sandwich refreshments and little snacks for lunch. So you can, uh, can join us next Sunday right after service. Um, there are a few visitors here, or a few people that I don't recognize, so right in front of you there is a connection card, let that be kind of your offering, just uh, fill that out, let us know how we can uh, connect with you, and just uh, reach out and welcome you for joining us uh, this morning, but then also maybe uh, just to, you know, reach out to you. Uh, we've been going through some scripture memory for the past you know, number of months, this is, you know, uh, so, in keeping of like before, we're going through Numbers 23, verse 19. So, everybody, if you want to we'll read through it uh, one time, two times, I just kind of commit uh, the Lord's words to our heart. So, if you read with me. God is not man, that he should not lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and he will not fulfill it. Numbers twenty-three, nineteen. 19. Right again. God is not man that he should not, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and he will not do it, or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it? Numbers 23, That's a, that's a good thing to remember that God is not like us. He's not mutable. That means He doesn't change. He may demonstrate different characteristics of His character and good nature and the way He uh, continues to hold all things and work in all things. It may appear different at time to time, but He is not like us. And that's, that's a good thing. So as we just continue to kind of um, you know, praise and worship, you know, let the the meditations of our heart and our words to uh, lift up the name of Jesus Christ. So let's pray this morning and we'll continue worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, give thanks for this morning. Thank you for this continued time to be able to come back and enjoy um, each other in fellowship. Lord, as we gather as uh, one body, there are to be one mind, one spirit. Lord, to, to walk in the work that you set before us each day. Lord, to come to be equipped. Lord, to to live out a life of of worship to you, not only in song and singing and praise, but then also the conduct of our life, how we interact with uh, husbands, wives, sisters, brothers, children, parents. Lord, let let our worship in those ways, all that we say or do, glorify you. uh, Pray for those that uh, can't or aren't with us this morning, or they spend some continued time with the family or visitation. we am to pray for those that uh, that aren't, aren't able to meet with us yeah. able this, this morning, or that are going through difficulties and trials. A um, specific prayer for Myron and Melanie and Maze Leon. Uh, Melanie's father had to fall on Christmas Eve and had to be. Uh, Flight into Sacred Heart and Cold Lord, just continue to grant her peace, Lord Myra, to be able to, to be the, the husband, the father, the son of that family. Lord, just continue that while we may have counter afflictions, Lord, you're, you're still the God that's great. In spite of difficulties, losses, they continue to. Stew tribulations that we encounter, or that uh, we will seek to cling to the Prince of Peace, or the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. In his name we
0: pray, lift up this morning. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to sing. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone, Christ alone, what is our only confidence, that our souls to him belong? Who holds our days within his hand. what comes apart from his command, and what will keep us to the end? in which we stand. No sin. Call the troubled soul. God is good, God is good. Where is His grace and goodness known? In our great Redeemer's blood, who holds our faith. every hour, of every day. Father, the only good that is in us is from you. God, help us to lean on you, to cling to the rock, not to cling to you. Father, I pray for Pastor Matthew as he comes to bring the word that you will give us ears to hear and hearts to understand, that we will leave this building better equipped to be your church. God, that we will leave able to love others well. Show your love to those around us well. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Sit and we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Before our dear brother uh, Matthew comes to bring the message, um, he asked me to read the scripture. And uh, before I do that, I just wanted to say that uh, two or three weeks ago, uh, on Wednesday night, um, I showed a video of um, Chinese uh, discipled Christians who, they'd been through um, classes of, of, of discipleship, and they were graduating. And they had only seen bits and pieces of God's word. Um, they were given just pieces of it. They were to memorize it, destroy the paper uh, to protect themselves. And uh, in the video, they received their first written copy of God's word. And, um, and you can imagine they would, they would take the God's word and hug it and kiss it. And it was the most precious. It was their Christmas morning. It was the most precious thing that they had ever seen in their life, God's word. And so, as we read uh, God's word, uh, uh, I encourage you to think about that. And uh, so, um, so would you? Uh, would you, if you're able, stand for the reading of God's word today? Um, this is the word of the Lord in in the Second Corinthians chapter three, verses fifteen through uh, chapter four, verse six. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts, but. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of, God, of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ.
3: Well good morning everybody. Merry Christmas. Hope y'all had a wonderful day yesterday and hope to briefly look at one verse this morning. And so as we, as Pastor Ernie just read to us, the whole context, we're going to focus in on the very last verse, on verse 6, and walk through those words and uh, apply them. And so Christmas is a, it's a wonderful time. It's a time to rejoice in what God has done as he has sent his son to be the savior of the world and as the, uh, the spirit, the son of God takes flesh, is incarnated becomes like you and me in our humanity takes body takes human soul and is and adds that to his character to who he is that he adds humanity thereby emptying himself of divine rights and privileges so that he could come and serve and give his life to be the savior of the world to be the light of the world And so we're going to talk about the light of the world. We're going to talk about that aspect of the gospel, of the work of Christ, and specifically this one verse in 2 Corinthians uh, of how God used light and how light is pivotal throughout the scripture from beginning to end. Light is an image, is a picture, is, is important to God's work and to describe him and what he has done. Therefore, Jesus as the light of the world, hopefully will reveal to us his goodness, grace, and the grandeur of who God is this morning. So this uh, is typically called illumination. Uh, Theologically, uh, the doctrine of illumination, that uh, one in salvation, that the Holy Spirit illuminates the darkened heart, but also as we, we look at scripture and read this ancient book, that the Holy Spirit comes to illumine us, that we would understand it, understand what it means. And so we're going to focus on the beginning of that, on salvation today, and the work of God to illumine the darkened heart due to sin and corruption of how Jesus has entered the world. So Christmas can often be a difficult time. It can often be a difficult time in uh, in your life, personally. Uh, it can be difficult with family, uh, that as as extended family come together and are or, or Centered around something other than themselves often can uh, produce conflict and issue, and uh, it's often difficult. And so, even though that is often the case, that is our experience, there is reason to rejoice, not to belittle those realities, not to belittle and demean and oversimplify. But Jesus and who He is directs, if our gaze is directed, away from certain things certain immediate things can help bring peace provide direction and light illumine more of what's going on around us and so let's pray again if we would let's pray ask the lord to direct our steps to unveil to us his word and uh, give us give us light father god i thank you for this morning god i thank you for this time Thank you for this word. I thank you for your scripture that, God, you have revealed who you are to us and that we see with unveiled face beholding your glory in Christ, God. Would you transform us from one degree of glory to another into the likeness of Christ this morning? May we hear from you. So, Father, open open our eyes, open our hearts, uh, Lord, through your, your spirit that we would understand and we would see you, that you would draw us, God, and that, Lord, you would be glorified. So first and foremost, God, glorify yourself through my words, through uh, this outline, through what I've prepared. Lord, may you be glorified. God, would you clean up anything, remove from my mind anything that is not befitting of you, that God, you would be exalted and you would be praised this morning. We thank you and ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So as Jesus comes, as we are familiar with the story, with the story of of Christ coming and being announced and in Luke 2, we have uh, this very physical reality that that paints the picture as we see in Paul in uh, the letter to the Corinthians, the second letter, a spiritual light described. And so I want to read real quick a very familiar story from Luke 2 about the shepherds who are out in the field at night, in pitch black darkness, taking care of their sheep, and all of a sudden the angels show up in dazzling light and pronounce that the sun has come. So if you would just follow along with me from Luke 2, 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude, a myriad of myriad of heavenly hosts of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on an earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so these angels show up, these lonely shepherds sitting in a field, dark, uh, maybe the moon was out, I don't know, stars, but it was, it was dark, it was night. And then all of a sudden, angels show up and fill the skies, fill the, 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 the atmosphere with, with their song, golly, with their song, where can I get away from it? Is that it? All right, I'll stand here. So with their song, fill the, fill. They fill the, the atmosphere and the air around them, pronouncing that Jesus has come, that the Son has come to take flesh. And then they go, hearing this, they go and find it fulfilled, find it actually happened. They discover him exactly as the angels pronounce. And so these, these men get a glimpse through the angels' appearance of the heavenly song in praise of Christ, in praise of God and so we see a physical picture here that God sh- that the angels are sent to and illumine physically around these shepherds uh, to reveal and to speak of who Jesus is that he has come and it is trustworthy truthful and they find it they find it true as it's revealed and this pointing to what we see in this one verse in verse 6 that spiritually God reveals light into the darkened heart due to sin. That God, by the Spirit, through His Word, the accomplished work of Christ, He speaks truth. He reveals and illumines, just like these shepherds as they are sitting in a darkened field. And then God sends these angels and they illumine everything around them. And what was dark is now light. What what they were blind to, they now can see. And so the Gospel does this. So as Paul, he is, he is writing to the, to the Colossians, Corinthians, this church is plagued by problems. They, they, they've had a lot of issues in figuring out what it means to be a church distinguished from the world around them, dealing with, with issues within and how they relate to others. And so as he is writing to them and giving them this encouragement of distinguishing that the gospel sets apart a people, sets apart a community of faith, That is, God calls his people out of the world to be united by the gospel, by the work of grace, and then to be in the world, but not of it, to be distinct from the world and those who are outside of Christ, but united by the work of grace, the redemptive work of Christ. And so we see that in this passage, Paul is talking about, is, is showing how the world around them is in spiritual poverty. The veil is before, specifically the Jewish people, as the law of Moses, the, the Scripture is read to them, and they don't see. Because it is only by Christ, by turning away from sin and self, and turning to Christ that that veil is removed, that they can see clearly. They can see clearly who God is. They can see clearly what the purpose from Genesis all the way forward is of Christ, Him crucified and resurrected, the Lord of all things, that every knee, Philippians 2 says, every knee will bow, giving glory to God the Father before Christ. Every knee in in heaven, on earth, and under earth will bow to Christ. That He is the Lord of all. And so this verse speaks of this divine work, this divine light. So let's read it again from... uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So again, Paul first connects here physical light in creation. He points back to Genesis and how God created light in the beginning. Why? Why would he do that? What, what connection is he trying to make? I think perhaps there are two things he's communicating, nature and resource. He's trying to communicate the nature of God. God did this. God spoke on his own volition and made all things. He spoke and said, let there be light, and it was. So it is God's nature as the creator to create. He has made, and he has done it out of his own resource. He is not limited He's completely capable. He he made everything in all its complexity that for thousands of years we are still trying to figure out. We're still trying to make sense of it. We're still trying to send a giant mirror into space to get on the other side of the moon, which just happened yesterday, which is going to be amazing. But anyway, side note, we're still trying to figure these things out, and God made all things in an instant, in a matter of days. God is not limited God is not finite what we do not expect he can do what we do not understand he comprehends and he knows God's nature he gave life he created he brought light into existence to distinguish and to send the darkness away and he spoke it's by his word it's by what he's done and so Paul is connecting that historical reality of what he did to the same historical reality of what God has done spiritually in the lives of believers, in Paul's life, in the lives of the, um, the Corinthian believers, in the lives of others we see throughout Scripture. As God, as he spoke light into existence at in the beginning, he does the same in each believer's life as he speaks life and light into a dead sinful heart so the greek here opens up with a word which really doesn't appear in the translation it's a word of purpose that we have this last verse connects all the way back to show purpose to show purpose of why why paul has in just the verse before it why he has come sacrificially to serve these people Why he has given his life later on in this letter, he recounts all the things he has suffered, all the beatings he has suffered, all the punishments he has suffered, all the shipwrecks, all the the stonings as he was stoned, thought to death, but was still alive, and walks back in the city to keep preaching to him after they tried to kill him. And all these things, he has suffered these realities because of this. Because of what God has done in his life and who he is. So this is is good stuff. This is really important here for the reason of Paul's preaching, but also his selfless service, and then likewise for us. So God, he created light, and he shined this light into Paul and into the Corinthian believers, giving them life, that Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. The grace that he purchased was applied by the Spirit to give them life. So, we see here, let light shine out of darkness, connecting to what God has done as he has shown in our hearts. The word for shown there, it's it's very special in that it doesn't have an end. It is not a specific point in time. The word is not, it's really one of the only verbs in this whole verse. And it doesn't have a conclusion. Meaning, that what what he's saying is, is that God produces. He has shined the light in Paul's heart, in the hearts of a believer, and he doesn't take it away. It doesn't lessen. Just before this, he's talking about Moses. And as Moses, if you recall from Exodus, as Moses, he went up on the mountain to hear from God. Or later, he would go into the tabernacle and speak to God face to face. And he would come out, and he would be glowing. Whatever this, I don't, I don't understand how that would have happened, but it must have been incredible. It terrified the people. It terrified them. All, the people who saw what they saw, saw Mount Sinai smoking and shaking and God speaking to the people, terrifying them. And then Moses, this one little guy, as his face is shining. What it must have been for what they've seen that they were so terrified, they told him, cover your face. And so he veiled his face and covered, covered him so that the glory would not be seen, would not be seen around. And so this, this light, as that happened, it would go down, and his, his face, the shine, would, would dissipate. He would go back into God's presence. There was the effect of being around God that as he is in the world, it would slowly lessen until he returns to God's presence. Christ has done something different the new covenant, what Jesus has done, the light that he shines does not end. It does not lessen. It does not become less. God does not take it away. But that just as he said, light shine out of darkness, he has shown in our hearts. He has produced within our soul. Heart there is very peculiar. That the way the scriptures use heart is, doesn't show up anywhere else in the Greek world. The way that heart was used in in the world outside of biblical literature it meant reputation. it just meant like what what someone thinks of you, but in the scriptures, heart is far different because um, actually i 'm confusing glory <laughs> sorry i 'm confusing the word glory i 'm not there yet heart referring to uh, referring to the mind and the the nature it 's your volition heart being more than what it's not what's pumping inside your chest but the the volitional center of who you are leads to thoughts leads to desires but it is volitionally who you are who your soul is and so he says he has shown in our hearts and our soul that he has given light this light this illumination that has brought about a change a change in there in Paul's soul and who he is that this shining this light that is eternal applied by the Holy Spirit has brought about light that is produced and come to knowledge knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus and so this work of God that that the Holy Spirit brings about that he changes the darkened soul due to sin and brings about by his grace illumination this light brings knowledge it produces and is attached to it so this this illumination that the spirit brings about it produces but it also coincides that it's one and the same it, it comes with knowledge it comes with learning about who he is hearing his word hearing the gospel but it's also something that produces it in other words like the context the eyes of the Jews were blind. The veil was before them. They were blind to who God is because they had not turned to Christ. They had not repented and trusted in Christ. Thus the veil is lifted. And so there's an aspect of it producing knowledge that must come from a regeneration, that must come from faith in Christ, but also one that brings about it is attached to understanding. And this is in the face of God. That is by and revealing his glory. So glory, let me get back to that. That word is unique. It is unique in the Bible. Because glory specifically is in relation to God. And to appraise God's character, there is no limit. And so glory takes on a, uh, an idea of splendor. Of majesty. Because we're talking about the reputation of God Not of man With you and I There's a limit to what we can do We can live honorably or dishonorably And we are known by what we do God who is infinite Is full of splendor Is without limit in knowing of him And what he does and who he is Therefore the glory of God Is his majesty His splendor his greatness, his authority, his power, just as he spoke light into existence. We see and know the glory of God in what he does to bring about new life in the believer. God has revealed and spoken to us and shown us through the man, Jesus Christ, who he is. We see in the face of him, in the ministry of Christ, in the life of Christ, who God is. Hebrews 1 tells us this. Colossians 1 tells us this, that Jesus reveals to us who God is visibly, clearly, so that we can know him, so that we can have a vibrant, personal relationship with the Lord that God brings this about. So what does this mean? I'll give you three things to take away, three points to walk away with, of what this one verse reveals and what it does for us. God speaks light into existence by His will. But as I mentioned earlier, as some of you may experience, Christmas can be difficult. It can be a difficult time. Your this past season, this past year, who knows how long could have been trying, difficult, full of suffering. You may be immersed into a situation that is testing. It's pulling at you. Remember Jesus. He is the light of the world. Think on him. Remember all he has done. Remember what God has done. What he has said. Who he is. He created light out of nothing. He made all things from nothing by his own power without a bead of sweat on on his forehead, that he created all things. God didn't have a forehead, by the way, but anyways, you get the image. What glory of what he has done as he came and he sent angels to speak and reveal that Jesus would come, as he brought about and incarnated himself, the Son took flesh and was born, was incarnated in Mary and born um, in we see that as Jesus, as he taught, he healed, he gave his life, he died sacrificially without a word of conflict, and that he came three days later and resurrected in victory over sin, over death, destroying the serpent, destroying the devil and his work of death. Jesus, God has done this, And as he has appeared to Paul, as Saul, ravaging the church, trying to kill every Christian follower of the way he could, as Jesus shows up in light and reveals, calls Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? I'm Jesus, the Lord. God calls him, calls Saul, calls him from his darkness, reveals his light reveals the the light before him that blinds him and that also as he as he a few days later is healed as scales fall off his eyes he is spiritually illuminated not only but also he is physically illuminated to see who god really is paul this has happened in his life this has also happened in the in the the christians that he is writing to this church in corinth plagued by issues reminding them of what god has done for him who he is, how he has brought about this miraculous light. Has he illumined you by his grace? Is the same true of you? Has God spoken into your heart and into your life? And has he, has he brought life to you? Is this your experience? Just like Paul, just like as, as God spoke in the beginning and has, he is saying that he has done in the life of Paul... And in the life of the Corinthians, has that been your experience? That God has spoken, has called you, and has revealed who he is. What he has done for you on the cross. Has he revealed that to you and called you to him? If he has, rejoice in that reality. Remember what he has saved you from. What he has forgiven you from. And what he is coming back to take you to be with him. For eternity forever remember these things remember who he is that this this illumination that he has brought about this The light that he has shown in the heart in your heart is one that does not end That if he has saved you he has saved you it is dependent upon him not you It is not dependent upon you and your behavior to continue and to make right and to pay back it is by his grace By the mercy of God, by His choice, by His work of grace, by His sacrifice that we are saved. It is not us adding to the work of Christ. It is completely Him. Has He illumined your heart? Has the light of God actively come to bring you grace? Have you trusted in Him? Have you turned to Him? There's nothing we can do. It is God's work. Yet this doesn't need to sound hopeless because God is not human. God is the one who brings about salvation. He is the one who reveals. He is the one who brings about life. Turn to Him. If you do not know Him, turn to Him. Listen to what He says. Ask Him. He is not far. He is not limited. Remember, He is the Lord. Turn to him, ask him, think on him, pray, ask the Lord to reveal, to open your eyes that, that you would see him as the Lord. Seek the Lord. Let's look at a few verses before, verse 15, uh, 14, 15, excuse me, <laughs> I can't talk. 15 and 16 in chapter 4 of Second Corinthians. This should be on the screen, maybe not. I'll just read it to you. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Verse 16 But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. When one turns to the Lord, when one turns to Christ, trust in Him turns away from self and sin and turns to christ to trust in him what he has done to trust in the gospel of christ that he has given his life he came took flesh walked among us and gave his life in your place and that he was resurrected came back to life trust in him that this that he did out of love that he did out of out of compassion for his creation that he did personally for each one of us turning to him turn to the lord trust in him repent turn from sin turn from self and trust in him number two the light of the world has come to illumine blind sinners so god created out of nothing he does the work of salvation and that work of salvation is to bring illumination it is to turn our gaze from ourself and sin from that blindness and darkness and emptiness to trust in Him, to light and life and nearness to God, and so Jesus has come as the divine light to save sinners. Jesus reveals the blindness of the human condition in sin that sin and corruption blind us to be able to appraise ourselves and the world around us, let alone God and to see him clearly, but by turning to Christ by trusting in Him and what He has done, He brings this light, this revelation of who He is. That Christ is the Savior, and in Him He review, He He removes the veil of confusion and blurriness. How does He do that? Well, chapter three, verses seventeen and eighteen, give us some direction. Now, the Lord He is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That where the Spirit of the Lord as He Works and applies the work of Christ in the life of the repentant sinner. He produces freedom. He frees us from sin, frees us from death, frees us from the judgment of the law by His grace. Where the fruit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, with with face, without anything dividing, we see clearly who God is in Christ. And that by trusting in Him, He removes all that impediment that we would see, we would know, we would be changed and altered into His image to be like Him, to grow into that, because God does it. He is the Spirit. He is the Lord, and He produces it. God brings about light into dark, Sinful hearts. Is that true of you? Is that true in your life? Are you entertaining things that are sinful? That are darkening? They are causing. If you're a believer. They are causing a, causing a darkening effect. A hardening, callousing effect on your life and in your heart. They are numbing you to the work of God. Turn. Hear His word. Turn to Him. Trust in Christ. That you would see him and that he would bring about repentance and trust. But also, if you're a young person, if you're trying to figure some of these things out, trying to clarify maybe who God is, who Jesus is, and what this all means, have you experienced this light in your life? In other words, is your trust in Christ, has it affected you? Has it changed you? Has it changed your heart? Has it changed who you are? Has your trust in Christ brought an effect upon you? That's what Paul is saying here. It produces an effect, that trust in Christ, that God shines that light and it changes you just like I can imagine those shepherds, their lives are forever changed. As angels show up and are singing the praises of Christ and they find it true that that experience forever changed their lives. The text does not say, but I imagine it did. Has God showing up in your life, young person, brought about a change in you? The light of God produces new life and change. And if that is not there, then it's not God. So continue to push into the Lord, continue to hear from him and seek the Lord, the creator, seek the gospel of who Christ is and the glory and the love of him. Do you see that true in your life that he has loved you, that he has given his life for you and that you trust and you know that he has done that for you? That he has taken your punishment, that he has taken your sin, and that you have turned forever away from sin and self to trust fully in him. As a light turned on in a dark house, as that light of the Spirit turned your soul on, as it, it illuminated you. That was my experience going into ninth grade, sitting in my room, like June or July or sometime. I don't know when it was exactly. But it was like a light sitting there reading. I'd read through the whole Bible. I was very religious. <laughs> read through the whole Bible, and it, it, it did, I didn't understand a bit of it. And then all of a sudden, it was like the Lord just turned a light on. And I knew I cannot do this. I desperately need the grace of Christ. I didn't have a big theological formula I didn't know all the points. I knew I was hopeless. I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I needed the grace of Christ. And I knew he loved me. Has the Holy Spirit revealed to you, revealed the knowledge of God, the glory of God, in the face of Christ to you? Have you seen that? And then lastly, God has given his people a job to do. Paul is writing to a church to Christians, and he's making an argument for his apostleship. He's making an argument for why he came to them and why he served them and taught them as he did, because the gospel belongs to God. It is God's story. It is what God has done, that God has sent his son to be the Savior. God orchestrated, God created, God brought it about, and then God applies it even now in our lives. And so Paul, as he is saying that I am not here, if I was Paul, he's saying I am not here pro- pronouncing myself and presenting myself, but he is saying that he came servant-hearted, we- in weakness, to just present the gospel so that he would not tarnish it, he would not change it, he would not alter the message of what God has, what God has done. Jesus, he is the Lord, and by him we are saved. It is what he has done. And so Second Corinthians 4 5 says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Christ as Lord, with ourselves as servants. And that word actually means slaves. It is not a hired hand, it is a full, my life is his for Jesus' sake. We belong. He is saying we belong to the Lord. We belong to Christ. He is the one who saves, and he has called and set apart his church with a job. He has something for us to do together. That individually we go, we teach, we share, but corporately we together, his church, his people, gather together in what he has done to then share it to the world around us. Are we doing that? Are we doing this? Are we doing what he has called us to, his aim? his reason for his people, the goal is that we would we would gather, we would join, we would exalt him, and we would proclaim Christ. Is what we teach, do we teach Christ? Is he exalted in what we teach and what we do? Is he exalted when we gather together? Is he praised? Is, is he presented? And as we go, do we leave and scatter with him on our hearts that others would hear from us what he has done and who he is? He has given us a job. It is to bring him glory in the world. It is to tell others who he is. It is to to leverage and utilize things he has given us, skills and abilities and areas, jobs and places, in order to build relationships, to tell others of who he is, that they would learn of who he is. They would have this opportunity that the light of God would shine into their hearts, and they would be able to trust in Christ and have life and have it eternally. Jesus, the light of the world, has come to save people from darkness, to bring about life that we can experience personally, and that He then empowers us by the Spirit to go and share to others. Are we doing that? Is that what we're doing? Is it evidence in the way we serve others? Do others see this? That they see Jesus at work in us? And if not, why not? Is it a lack of time with Him? Is it other priorities? And it's tough. It's tough. I understand. I'm not pronouncing judgment on any of you. I want to encourage you to see who Jesus is, to see the abundance of his grace and love, that your faith would be renewed, that you would be encouraged by his ability, his authority, who he is, and you'd be reminded of his call, the call he has placed on each of our lives. In each of our lives together as we gather as a church, as a local church. That he has given us this gospel. He has given us this message. He has given us grace. So that it would not terminate on ourselves. But that we would have a heart of love for others to share. To others of who he is. And of his goodness. So, let's pray. And then we'll have a time of response. I just want to encourage you. You want to come forward, I'll talk to you. We'll pray together, whatever you would like. You're welcome to come pray here or where you're at. just want to encourage you to respond to the Lord. Use a few moments here to respond to what God has said, to read over the scripture again. There's not a right or wrong way. Follow the Lord. Listen to him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your grace that you, Lord Jesus, have You've come, that we were able to celebrate yesterday your coming. We're able to celebrate your goodness and your grace. And Lord, we're able to celebrate your life. And God, as we look forward in a few months to celebrate your resurrection. God, I ask that God, that would be true in all of our lives, that you will have brought about life in us. That each one here would look to you and trust in your son. And this light we're reading about in Paul's life as he is saying this has happened in the lives of the Corinthian believers. God, this would be our experience also. That God, by faith, we would trust in your son and that your spirit would apply that grace. So, Father, would you lead us this morning? Would you lead everyone here to turn, Lord, to you? To trust in you? to find you near, to find you gentle, to find you kind, to find you gracious, Lord. We thank you and ask all these things. In the name of your Son, Jesus, amen.